0: Hello, homies. You may hear a bit of panting in the background just for this introduction. I have my two gorgeous doggies and one of our cats lying by my feet as I am recording this. I've got a little studio just outside the house and it gets pretty hot in here on top of the fact that it is a scorching 38 degrees Celsius in Perth today. So uh, we, I have to turn the aircon off when I'm recording because it's too noisy in the background. So if you're hearing panting, that's what it is, which is very appropriate considering today we have our first animal homeopath. On the podcast, which I'm so excited about. I love homeopathy for animals. They respond so quickly and so beautifully to it. And it is such a privilege to have the lovely Brenda Tobin on today to share her passion for healing animals, all sorts of animals, furry, scaly, feathery, you name it, with natural medicine and also a wholesome raw diet. She is also a regular contributor to Dogs Naturally Magazine and you should get some really good takeaways from today's episode. I hope you enjoy it and hopefully it's a bit cooler where you are. Welcome to the Homeopathy Hangout podcast where we discuss all things homeopathy from around the world. And now your host, Eugenie Kruger. Hello, homies, and a very warm welcome to Homeopathy Hangouts. And today we have homeopath Brenda Tobin with us all the way from Northern Michigan. Welcome, Brenda. Thank you, Jeannie. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, I'm so excited to have you on today. We got introduced by our friend Sanjay Salunki, who's also been on the podcast. And when I heard you're an animal homeopath, I was so excited because... Not that many people are aware of how amazing homeopathy is for animals. And I can't wait for us to dig into that today and, you know, help out our furry friends. But maybe you can start off by telling us a little bit about how you got into homeopathy. Sure.
1: So I got into homeopathy about 22, 23 years ago now. And I don't remember, honestly, it was one of those things that it's like, I don't remember how I got introduced to it, but I did right at the same time that I was introduced to raw feeding. So I just remember hearing about homeopathy and falling in love with it pretty much immediately and needing to know more all the time. Like, what is this? What what more do, do I need to learn? And I bought my first um, Materia Medica at a health food store. And I think it was like forty dollars, and I remember thinking, "Oh my gosh, this is so expensive!" Like I had never purchased a book that expensive back <laughs> then, and uh, and I just fell in love. I just couldn't get enough, so I started just, um, I probably just buying books at that time, and then the internet, you know, just looking online and taking. Free courses, I think, you know, throughout the internet, and then my neighbors and family started asking, like, "Oh, what should I do for this or what should I do for that?" And I actually started with my own animals first, mm-hmm. and then I started using it on my own family, and um, and then it was just nonstop. And then I was like, you know what, I should just
0: go to school. So I, um, and here I am. That's amazing. I'm trying to think if it was uh Mary Greensmith or who it was that we spoke to that said she also started out with homeopathy for her animals and didn't even know you could use them for humans. So that's really cool. That's <laughs> quite the other way around. And uh why do you love using homeopathy for your animals? Why do you think uh, why do you think this is something that's really beneficial for our furry friends?
1: Well, first of all, it's you know, safe, natural, it's effective. There are no side effects. Hmm. And it works. And, you know, simply put, the um, there's no placebo effect in animals, right? Or children. Mm-hmm. So if it's um, the incorrect remedy, well, for anybody, you know, if it's the incorrect remedy, it's just not going to work. But, um, you know, with animals, I, I think that we see um, or I see such a, a a beautiful, fast response with animals. I think that our animals throughout the world are over-vaccinated, and that's a huge issue. And also the food that they're being fed uh, is, you know, poor ingredients. So I think that they have um, a lower level of health, more than humans, I think. Uh, but I feel like
0: they respond a lot quicker to homeopathy. mm mm-hmm they do so awesome. it's amazing watching them and as as i said furry friends i should really expand that to furry uh, feathery scaly any other any animals can really benefit from homeopathy hey yeah um yeah. what sort of animals have you treated
1: well i yeah everything so i've treated uh dogs cats lizards <laughs> birds um farm animals so chickens sheep cows uh Horses, of course. Uh, I think the the most unique animal, I guess, would be a a, a um, bearded dragon. Oh, they're beautiful! I love them. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. No, I, think, I mean, do you do you recall what that was for? He had fallen and hurt his um, his back leg. He was kind of gimpy and hurt his back leg. I I don't remember what. I mean, it might've just been as simple as like Arnica, you know, um,
0: but he recovered and he was he was fine. Yeah. Amazing. So for anyone listening to this, who for the first time in their life were like, wait, what? You can treat animals with homeopathy? Let's break it down for them a little bit, Brenda. So talk to our listeners about how do you administer homeopathics to animals? Do we have to be a little bit careful with potencies? Uh, what do people need to know when they administer a remedy? Do you see such thing as aggravation symptoms? So you take the floor and just tell our home users and, uh, you know, our, our people with pets for how they can use homeopathy on the animals.
1: So you're going to administer it almost like, you know, like you would a human. So there's, well, there's, there's multiple ways. Okay. So the easiest way is just dispense the um, pellets. I, I do a lot of dry dosing. So just dispense the pellets into the cap. And I tell people, if you can open the animal's mouth, just, you know, simply open the animal's mouth and kind of chuck the pellets to the back of their throat, gently close their mouth, point their nose to the ceiling, and they'll swallow them, typically. Okay, then if you have, like, absolutely no way that I'm going to be able to that to my animal, then I'll tell the owner how to make an ocuous solution by just uh, placing a pellet or two of the um, selected remedy into a couple ounces of water and then once it's dissolved to succuss it or stir it a a good 10 times and then take a you know if they have an eyedropper then they can administer it that way um so a larger animal would be maybe like 10 drops um smaller animal maybe like five drops if they don't have a dropper um you can also take like a teaspoon and even if you can open a lip and just drizzle it into their their gum or you know get it onto their tongue um you can put a pellet into their drinking water i don't particularly like that because um a lot of households have multiple pets in the household Mm. and also we want to make sure that they are absolutely getting their medicine so i like to just do this the little oculus solution but if you have farm animals you know sometimes you have to just put it in there uh everybody's drinking water so say if it's a herd of, of cattle you're not going to go and administer you know everybody um so that those kind of cases you might just stick it right into their um uh, their drinking water and and Nope, hope that everybody gets what they need uh but you know I've, I've treated chickens that way if there's um a flock of chickens and they all have um runny stools you know then you can just stick some like arsenicum into their water and um just make sure that you you freshen that up every day or a couple times a day
0: and they usually do quite well I was trying to think which of the guests, uh, was it Joette or somebody said the other day, they uh, just give the chickens the pallets and they pick it up. And I tried it with my chickens, but they must not be very smart because they were not able to do that. <laughs> yeah. I just left yeah. the pallets there because their shells were quite soft. And so I think I gave them cow cal- uh. carb or something and um, yeah. just trying to get their shells to you know be a little bit harder. And yeah, they just kind of looked at the pallets. and were like, ah, uh-uh. <laughs> we're not touching that. <laughs>
1: I had a really cool case. This is a personal case of, of my own. Um, so I have horses and, uh, at the time I had chickens and my pony kicked one of my chickens in the head and the chicken ran underneath our porch. And at the time my son was little and little enough that he could get under the porch. And I said, you know, go get her. Uh, and he brought her out and, I'm an empath, so I I immediately started feeling nauseated, and I'm like, oh, boy, you know. So I I grabbed some Arnica, I made an Oculus solution, and I put her in a dog crate and, you know, dosed her. And I think it was, uh, I dosed her every 15 minutes for, for the first hour. And after that, she was ready to go. She was like, get me out of this dog crate. She was absolutely fine. And prior to that, you know, I, I did watch her walk and she, it was like, she had a concussion really. I mean, she was wobbly. And like I said, I mean, I felt nauseated and, um, Mm -hmm. yep. Just dosing her. Then she was like, get me out of this crate. I'm fine. And, she
0: ate and then she left. She was fine. I'm a chicken lover as well, so I can see that this episode very quickly can go into homeopaths with chickens because I have lots of chicken stories as well. Our rooster got attacked by a fox once and we managed to to get him out and um but his head was just hanging. He you could see he was he was like pretty much dead Like I don't know, even know How this thing was You know Still able to keep his eyes open But we had some water there He couldn't even drink water Or anything He was just oh. down and out And yeah It was lots of arnica And Aconite And you know It was 24 hours And he was you know Back You know The, the king of the roost So didn't take much. I was quickly going to clarify something with you, just for our listeners. So when you say ocuous solution, you mean like a liquid solution, right? Where you put the paleos in the yeah. water and you succuss them. And succussing means banging onto a hard surface. I just always try to clarify for our listeners. And also, uh-huh. I was going to ask, do you ever put the paleos in food? Because that's something I get asked often when you're administering to animals.
1: So I do talk to my clients about food, right? Because we're taught, do not give it with food. However, <laughs> Like I treat all species of animals and there are times then you know you don't want to stick your hand in a pig's mouth right or or another animal that you're or even a, a dog that or a cat that may not take it you know it might be very frightened it. right so I have absolutely given it in a small bit of food, very small, like a pinch of something you know uh, I remember one time. Uh, having to work with some pigs and i put it in like a grape tomato a little tiny you know a small tomato and gently pushing the remedy in there and also you don't want to touch the remedy as far as i always say you don't want to manhandle the remedy (laughs) you don't want to you don't want to rub the 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 medicine off of that off of the pellet so but you can touch them just you know gingerly and just Mm kind of Tuck it to whatever and then give it to the animal that way. Yeah, but the preferred, you know, number one way to give it would be just to if you can tap a couple pellets
0: into that cap and 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 down the chute. That's the better way, right into the mouth, but yeah, I know with my dog, she just recently, um, hurt her hip. She was, she just goes crazy because we've got 16 acres and she loves running and going nuts and she injured something. And I just lift up her top lip and just kind of throw it in by her gum because she wouldn't open her whole mouth for me. But just even lifting up that lip and just getting the pile yeah. there under the, yeah, yeah, under the gum. Yeah. Under the lip between the gum and <laughs> the lip really, yeah. really helps. Yeah. So, um, is there anything else that, um, people need to be aware of when they're administering the remedies? Like, uh, do you do you ever experience aggravations with animals when you give homeopathy?
1: So you do. So I I I, I will talk to my clients about that as well. So you know, with the, if there's an aggravation that we can see a heightens, their symptoms are, are exacerbated or heightened for a short amount of time. Um, I have a lot of behavioral and or aggression cases. So when we talk about aggravations at the end of our consults. The people are always like, no, oh. you know, they're they're picturing Cujo is going to come out, but uh, it's not always that bad. But and and I tend to 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 dose um, to do a lower potency. I'm not one to like throw a high potency. And again, I really feel like our animals through uh, over vaccinating and then the the poor nutrition have a lower level of health anyway. Um, so. A lower potency, oftentimes, like a 30C. Sometimes I'll go to a 12C, depending on the case. I get a lot of seizure cases, so I might even go lower potency for for those cases. So, so a lot of times, using those lower potencies anyway, we don't really see an aggravations as we would if we gave immediately like a 200C or a 1M or something or something like that. Uh, so what would an aggravation look like? I mean, I get a lot of skin cases too, a lot of allergy cases. So, those cases oftentimes, you know, the animal might start itching more, you know, or their skin might be, uh, more intensely red or something like that for a short amount of time. So, aggravations typically only last, you know, 24, maybe 48 hours. And then, and then we can start the downslope of you know healing mm-hmm. uh but i always told my clients too. And aggravation it's such a negative word you know but it's such a positive thing in the homeopathic world and uh i'm like you know i'm not cynical if you, if you have an aggravation i'll be like yay that's a good thing um
0: <laughs> it, it really is right but i um, think once you understand how the body is healing itself like i always say to my my clients, uh, that when you're taking that remedy and you have an aggravation, it's because your vital force or your consciousness is actually bringing that complaint, your vital force is bringing that complaint to your consciousness and saying, hey, do you remember this thing? We're just going to work with it right now. And, yeah, helping people understand aggravations and how it's actually part of the process of healing kind of takes that scariness away from it. I mean, nobody yeah. likes to be uncomfortable or in pain, but it's, your body sometimes needs to do that for you to heal itself. And it's usually only short-lived. Of course, you can't explain that to an animal, but if you explain right. that to the to the owner, then obviously that's going to help. Right? Yeah, and it is
1: short lived compared to the amount of time that they've, you know, been dealing with an illness or you know disease. Um, that twenty four, you know, forty window isn't isn't that bad compared to you know. Sometimes I get clients that that they have said I have done everything. I, I'm usually the last at effort. And, you know, it's, it's, I've gone to the vet, I've spent thousands and thousands of dollars, and uh, they can't figure this out. Oh, I had a case. Uh, so I, I I have clients all over the world, and I have uh, a, um, a client in Switzerland. She came to me because her golden retriever lady had um, IBD and so irritable bowel disease, and she was uh, very, very underweight no matter what they fed she'd gone to several vets, even a vet in germany and they all said mm, you know this is something that she will live with for the rest of her life i forget how old lady is she's young maybe three years old so this is something she'll live for live with for the rest of her life uh always having loose to diarrhea stools with blood in it mm. uh and they um They tried different foods and, of course, all the, you know, antibiotics and steroids and blah, blah, blah. So uh, it's funny because she heard of me and she told her husband, I'm going to see this homeopath for animals in in the United States. And her husband said, you're nuts. You're absolutely crazy. No, (laughs) don't waste your money. And she said, no, no, I've heard great things about her. I'm going to I'm going to try her. Well, Lady has had uh, beautiful stools. Uh, she no longer has IBD. It's been vet confirmed via X-ray. There's no more inflammation in her intestines. She is her weight is up. She's beautiful, happy, um, and now her husband. <laughs> you
0: call Brenda for everything. If, if Lady <laughs> has a splinter, call Brenda. Oh, God, it's That's funny. When the husbands are on board, then you know you're onto a good thing because they tend to be a bit more skeptical. But now yeah. that you've talked about your client in Switzerland, so talk to us a little bit about that. How does that work? So you don't need to actually see the animal?
1: They don't. So uh, so I've been treating remotely before COVID. I've been using Zoom and and that's how we meet. I don't necessarily have to see the animal because being a homeopath, we don't need to you know, palpate the animal. Uh, Sometimes it is useful to, to see the animal, and I do like to see the animal too. Like I, I just I like to see who I'm working with. If it's a skin case, or if it's if it's something that I need to see up close, then I'll ask the client to take a picture and preferably just text it to me because then I can kind of blow it up and and see uh see it that way. Uh, sometimes diagnostics are useful. But not always. So, say if it's a heart case, you know there are many different remedies that just treat the general heart. But if it's you know if we want to hone in a little bit deeper and say if it's a mitral valve prolapse or something like that, then that's always helpful too to 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 figure out. Or if it's an eye case, you know uh, if uh, I, I get a lot of eye cases, so I have another case, and uh, her dog had glaucoma. So it was, it was great to have those readings and those pressure readings from the vet. And, uh, she, she went to the vet just to get the pressure readings and then worked with me remotely. And, uh, with homeopathy, we got the pressure down to normal. What? She brought the vet, the dog back to the vet to, to just get the next reading. And he said, Oh my gosh, what did she
0: do? <laughs> this is amazing I mean her her pressures were normal so that's absolutely yeah. incredible and Brenda do you ever find that the owners need similar remedies to the pets
1: yeah so uh <laughs> so I also work with humans the yeah. The primary focus of my practice is with animals uh but I um I did go to school too for for the human side so <laughs> I am able to do that And it's funny because uh, a lot of people, so they'll come to me for their animals and then they'll say, oh, this stuff works. (laughs) You know, Can you help me with
0: my family? And a lot of times uh, the animal and the people are on the same remedy. Mm -hmm. I had to laugh because I had a a client and and I only treat humans and I prescribed her arsenicum. And at the end of the consult, when I said, I'm going to give you this remedy, arsenicum. And she burst out laughing. I was like, what, what? Why, why are you laughing? And She said, well, I've actually just taken my dog to an animal homeopath and she prescribed arsenicum for the dog. So that <laughs> is know that often can, there can be some similarities there. Yeah. Um, now you've also written for the Dogs Naturally magazine, I think for a few years now, hey? Yeah. yeah. What, is some, what are some common things, some common complaints that you have in dogs and what sort of homeopathic remedies have you found as helpful? So I think allergies is probably
1: the number one. And so arsenicum is a good remedy, you know, for, for certain skin cases. Uh, if the dog is itching, especially at uh, midnight and on, you know, the people are like, oh, no, we're in bed. And then then they really start scratching and they scratch until it bleeds. Um, you know, then we would look at arsenicum. Uh, and the dog is chili, you know, um, arsenicum, and then uh oh, sulfur is another probably, you know, the main skin remedy, right? The dog is hot and has a lot of really red, um, stinky mm-hmm. skin, serinum, mm-hmm. another good remedy for skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get a lot of behavioral cases. So aggression, anxiety, arsenicum. Another good one for anxiety. So a lot of the polycrest remedies are, are beneficial.
0: Um, Amazing. Yeah. What what sort of other things are you seeing a lot in in dogs, especially? I'm just I'm just using dogs as an example because yeah, you know it's a pet that a lot of us have. Um, but mm. what what sort of other conditions are you seeing, and what remedies do you find useful?
1: And then stool, right? So we'll get a lot of uh, diarrhea. See. I feel like the problem is is that the dogs are getting over vaccinated, so we have vaccinosis, and then, then here come allergies, and then the dogs have skin issues. So if they're going to the vet, then typically the vets will prescribe steroids, antibiotics, and now we're working on you know we got to fix the gut, right? So it's kind of this vicious circle of um, we're cascading, you know, the, um, ailments, and then and then it goes into the stool, right? So. So we'll get that a lot too. So the diarrhea, uh arsenicum again. Everybody should just have stock of arsenicum, arsenicum sulfur. Um I don't know. Then, you know, then we've got uh belladonna too for for aggression, um, stramonium um that uh, seizures. I had a lot of seizure cases.
0: Uh and uh and so Oh, good for the seizures. Mm -hmm. And silica is a good one to have on hand when they have splinters and all sorts of things in their paws. Hey, I've got a few of those with our doggies. Yeah, yeah, foxtails and and yeah. seeds and stuff like that. Yeah, silica's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the mums in our group just recently paid, I don't know, something like $3,000 for an infection in the dog's paw. And she mm. messaged me and she said, he's just got the same thing again. I just can't afford after Christmas, can't afford this operation again. And I was like, you yeah, know, just use some silica, use some HepaSol and use some Calendula. And, you know, three days later, she's like, oh, my God, you just saved me thousands. I'm so grateful. So. Our, our animals really respond so quickly to the remedies. It's very satisfying treating animals with homeopathy. I I love my job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Really I do. I wonder, Brenda, can you share some stories for us from your clinic? A friend of mine, actually,
1: she's a naturopath, and she contacted me because her horse had uh, a severe sinus problem nonstop. And she tried everything, and she was like, "Brenda, you got to help me? And... Uh, it was nap and five days into nap And I mean, he was blowing like green snot into his bucket nonstop. And this oh. poor guy didn't feel good at all. Five days into the, into the remedy. And she's like, he's fine. He's absolutely fine. I had another, um, a little pony who had sweet itch. What's so nice. do you have that? So, yeah, so it's, it's a seasonal allergy type of thing. and, uh, every spring he would break out in almost like hives and just constant itch like any tree, you know, just oh. go up and down. <laughs> and they can itch themselves raw. And uh, I feel like I, I'm the spokesperson for a cynicum, And I remember... He's our, our- <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, yeah. it's a good remedy. Everyone needs to have several bottles on hand.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then another really awesome uh, case was this woman contacted me because... Her horse had diarrhea for years, oh. years.
0: Yeah. Sometimes another. wonder how could these animals still be alive because you know your digestive system is so important to you know absorb all those nutrients and if you've got diarrhea, it's just going through you. It's actually an yeah. incredible. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he was he another arsenicum case, but he three days into that remedy and and it was the first time since
0: she had him that he had normal stools. Wow, incredible. Hey um my daughter has been horse riding for a couple of years and the her horse riding teacher unfortunately is a little bit more mainstream and so you're constantly seeing the people and they're drenching the horses and i just like gently nudging her you know homeopathy is so cheap and it's so effective and it works so fast and it's so great for your animal's health so yeah yeah, it's it's amazing but i'm preaching and i like to tell people yeah i i like to
1: tell people too that you know when it's not uh Come see me, you know, I mean, see any homeopath, but the more you use homeopathy, the more in balance you're going to be and the less you're going to need it or anything, you know? So it's incredible. Uh, and, and it is, and it's so cheap and, and it's always the same story, right? I've spent thousands, thousands of dollars and then, then they come to us and, It's one consult, you know, maybe a follow up or something, and and everything is great in there. Like, wow, I had a follow up today with a German Shepherd, and uh, oh, he had um, puncture wounds from. Mm -hmm. I said, did an animal get him? She said, "No." owner said, no, I think it was like uh, they just had some pruning done on some trees. And she said, there's really sharp sticks and he, he will lie down on them. And, and she, so he got puncture wounds. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, I told her to use letum for that and then also to wash it with some calendula, um, make a solution with calendula, wash it, and then use some calendula cream. I'm not one for topicals, but something like that. A calendula cream is just—I mean, it's magic, right? It's it just is. Healed. It really is so. Prickly. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and he's yeah, doing well. Is. He's doing well. Yeah, it's beautiful. He's well. mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, Brenda, what else can you tell our audience about homeopathy for animals? What is what is the message that you want to get across when if somebody's perhaps considering using homeopathy on their animals? What are some things that they you know, any any last little things that you want to leave us with, with what they need to know or what message you want to get across?
1: Yeah. I I mean, I'm so in love with homeopathy. I really am. And I'm still, I mean, it's been 23 years, I think, or close to 23 years that I've been using it personally. And then I've been in practice now for seven years and it still honestly gives me goosebumps and chills and I clap, and I'm so happy. And I'm like, (laughs) I mean, it's just really—it's so rewarding, and and to see the animals get better and feel better, and and be so—they're so thankful. They really, really are. And it's—I think it's just such a beautiful thing to to be able to safely, gently, and effect effectively heal, uh—you know—our animal friends, and um, who I feel like they all come to us as teachers. You know, we all have that teacher animal. And and years and years ago, I, I tell people. I always loved Great Danes. Since I was nine years old, I wanted a Great Dane. And when I was 25, I got my first Great Dane. And I was going to do everything right by that dog. And I took him to the vet for everything, got him vaccinated for everything. And I fed him pedigree, which I don't know if you have that. Yeah. And dry, dry pellets. It's, it's Yeah, it's not a good food at all, uh, but that was what, what the vet had recommended. So I, okay, you know, what do I know? And fed him that. And my dog died when he was three years old from lymphoma. Oh. And I was devastated and I was heartbroken and I cried, gosh, for such a long time. But I realized something's not right. And it was that dog, Shane, that brought me on this journey. If it weren't for him... I wouldn't be here today. So he absolutely sent me on this journey and and I started seeking, right? And then I found homeopathy and nutrition. And I just want to share that with people. And I want people to know that, you know, don't beat yourself up, right? For for doing what you think is the right thing and, you know, going the allopathic way. And then they start realizing, wow, this isn't working. This is actually doing more harm than good. So homeopathy is. Like you had said before, I mean it's inexpensive. It's it in it, A lot of people can find the remedies, you know, right in their store, which that's good and bad. <laughs> uh, so you know, if I have a case and and I need to send somebody to the store, that's a wonderful thing because they can start the remedy sooner than me sending it to them. However, um, it it scares me a little bit because uh, if the remedy is used incorrectly then it's just not going to work and um and then people might think oh boy homeopathy is just you know it's garbage it doesn't work and so i'm not going to use it anymore so i'm really protective about it and and i want to share with people and in and, and teach them how to use it correctly and uh but i want them to use it so so i i want to i want to share that with people like you know or get in touch with the homeopath, you know or
0: yeah, about absolutely. I agree. When when you have that relationship with your homeopath and they can kind of guide you and empower you along the way, and once you feel in confidence, you know, to kind of take the reins in your own hands a little bit, then you know that's wonderful. But if you are just grabbing it off the shelf with no real idea of how to use it, um, you are probably going to be disappointed. So it's always best to just get that professional advice, especially at the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. I had to just um, you, as we were chatting, you would make, maybe think of this veterinary. Uh, article, it was like a guideline for vets on vaccination. And one of it said that there is so many tumors that develop at the injection site that for cats, for example, they actually recommend vaccinating in the tail because it's easier to amputate the tail. So I was like, um, you guys are kind of not thinking this through. If there are tumors happening at the injection site, maybe look at why that's happening and kind of avoid that instead of just thinking, well, let's just inject in a different place and chop that part of the body off. So that whole mindset, uh, I think, of mainstream, uh, once that can change and they can kind of click into, okay, let's look at the body holistically. Why is this issue happening in the first place? And let's address that instead of just randomly going and chopping off body parts. Um, I think we're really going to have major leaps in, in modern medicine when we can get our allopathic doctors to think that way, hey, more holistically. Mm-hmm. And our baits as well, and our dentists, and you know, everyone else. Right. Yeah, for sure. I, well, I mean, Hanneman,
1: right? He, he was like, it's just, he wanted to get away from that barbaric mm-hmm. way. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, now, Brenda, how do people get hold of you if they want to have a consult worldwide? It's actually, it's 11 o'clock in the morning here in Perth, and I know it's 10 p.m. your time. Hey, <laughs> i would be fast asleep by now. But, you know, obviously you can still have a consult with Brenda. It doesn't matter where in the world you are. So how do people get hold of you? Yeah, so the easiest way is just
1: hop on my website, which is wellnessmattersonline.com. And there's a book and appointment button. They can see my calendar and they can book an appointment that way. And then once an ap- appointment is booked, I will send forms out to them and then we'll meet uh, usually via Zoom. And, you know, I, I like to explain to first timers, the more detail, the better, because we have what over 8000 homeopathic remedies to choose from. So the more detail they give me, the better. The better it is for for me to choose the correct remedy. So, Mm -hmm.
0: uh, well, actually, maybe we could just quickly add in there. What sort of things would you normally ask your animal clients? So, what what sort of things would people need to keep an eye out for before their consultation to be able to give you good information?
1: Uh, You know, always like what is the chief complaint? What What are you coming to me for? Regular basics, the age of the pet, and then I like to know because as homeopaths, we like to go back, we like to connect the dots. You know, and, and find out what the the root problem is. So I like to know the history if they know it. And then and then diet, I like to know what they're feeding, because that's the foundation of good health. So we we go over nutrition too. And then your your basic modalities, right? Do they like warmth their cold uh the drinking? Do they drink, um, then they go and just gulp, 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 or do they go and and sip throughout the day? Uh I ask about uh, stool and uh, eyes, you know, is there any discharge from the eyes, any discharge in the ears? And then odor, you know, I know you keep your dog clean, but is your dog a stinky dog? You know, you could date your dog all the time and, and still have that, wow, my dog is really stinky. So things like that are really important to the homeopath and personality wise as well, I'm sure. Oh personality for sure like what are they you know how are they toward strangers how are they toward you know do you have
0: other animals at home um yeah definitely personality yeah mm-hmm, for sure excellent and for a little bit of fun at the end i always ask my guests what are your top three favorite homeopathic remedies and why our Synacum album is different about- <laughs> 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 i'm feeling the
1: yeah, but some and I, I, I'm a true follower of Kent, where he said, "Make sure that you repertize every single case." Right? I mean, not an acute if it's a, you know something quick and easy, but I, I do, I, I take that to heart because it is true. You know, you could go in, you don't want to have prejudice going in, right? So you, and, and so many times, I'm like, oh, I almost feel like, oh gosh, yeah. oh gosh, it's our cynicum again. Yeah, you know, I feel like. I feel like Arsenicum is attracted to me. So Arsidicum alone, I really like it. Um and and you know, uh, I would say belladonna mm-hmm. too. And and sulfur. I think that those are the top I'm looking at my remedies as I'm talking to you. i um found- <laughs> <laughs> like those are like my top three um of what you would use in your clinic. I think so. That's a hard question. It is Yeah, a good handful. There's probably 15, 20 remedies that I like. If I had to go to a desert island and I had to bring, you know, certain remedies, that
0: I think that there is about 15 or 20 that I could not live without. I completely Um, agree. I have thought about scrapping this question that I ask at the end. But I haven't for a couple of reasons. One is that several of my listeners have actually said they really enjoy this part of the uh, episode. And the other one is I love seeing a homeopath squirm trying to find those three remedies because I know it's really hard. <laughs> what are yours? Oh, somebody asked me the other day. It's, um, oh, if I could only have three, it would have to be Arnica, and it would have to be Aconite and it would have to be vomica. I mean, those are the three we use the most in oh. our house. Just Aconite for yeah. napping colds in the bud. Arnica, because we're on, the, on 16 acres. So, you know, the kids are always getting hurt and the dogs are getting hurt. And um, yeah. and just vomica for all those digestive things. And I really love vomica for me for sleep because I am, you know, work hard, play hard person, go, go, go. And yeah. I can lie in bed and not be able to shut my mind off. And I'll have a dose of Nux vomica and I'm out like a light. Like I have never taken pharmaceuticals for sleep, but. I swear a pharmaceutical couldn't make me sleep as quickly as Nuxomica can. It just shuts my brain off and I'm out. Wonderful. Yeah, Yeah. I think those would be my three if I was forced. Yeah, that's me. It was so lovely to connect with you, Brenda. And thank you so much for helping our feathery, furry, scaly friends. And um, please keep up your wonderful work. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Bye.